Hello everyone and welcome to episode 40 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai and I'm the editor-in-chief of Auto Trader. And my name is Dan Alika and I am Auto Trader's road test editor. And today we have with us a very special guest. His name is JD Guinard. Uh, he is a multi-talented stuntman. He does Bikes, motorcycles, cars, vans, skates. I saw a unicycle. Yes, there's definitely unicycles involved. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it's super cool uh, that you're here to talk to us about your really cool job. Thanks for having me. Um, so why don't we kick things off? How did you get into this world of stunting, let's say? Uh, it's just something I always wanted to do as a kid. I did a career project on it in grade school. And uh, after college and hitchhiking around Canada. I was like, what do you want to do, man? Go get after it. So I just started figuring out a way to start shooting content, making my own portfolio, making a demo reel, and then sending it out, putting it out there. Um, CBC picked up on some of the stunts I did, ended up on the news one time. Cool. Met some people. I was on a show, got put on some other shows, some commercials. I just went from there. Nice. Yeah. Is Very this something cool. that you have like a natural talent for or do you just have like an appetite for like adrenaline? Uh, bicycles was just the, what got my foot in the door, special skills. Like you need something to be pulled in um, on set for anything. And uh, special skills is things on wheels. And yeah, there's definitely a million different things you can learn, but bikes was my uh, my way in. That's cool. And so when it comes to cars, I feel like there's a certain level of like natural talent that has to come with that. Is that something that you had or is that something that you learned afterwards? Um, well, I think bicycles, we understand how wheels work. It crosses over a little bit of uh, physics and uh, just getting behind the wheel of a car when I was really young and always having remote control cars and borrowing my dad's car sometimes without asking him. I got a lot of experience at a pretty early age. So let's talk about that a little bit more because I was creeping your Instagram um, and you had a really fun story about uh, your dad and you come from like a whole line of like car people. Yeah. So my family moved to the automotive capital of Canada in like the 40s to work for Ford. My dad worked for Chrysler for 35 years. Had a, had a great job and uh, finished his career in the vehicle completion center where all the CEOs went to pick up their lease vehicles or lease cars. So when I was 16, all the SRTs were coming out. It's a good time. It was really good. My dad was bringing those home, and he decided to lease one, and that was a good decision for me. Um, but uh, That was good. He brought it in for his first oil change, and it needed a new set of tires. So we learned how to drift. We learned how to do things at a young age because we had the vehicles to do it. sanctioned by him? No. <laughs> he would bring me out there and we'd do like zero to sixties, like some, you know, legit things. And then anytime it rained or the roads were wet, I would ask to go borrow the car to go down the street to visit a friend. Well, I'd put 20 bucks in gas in it and then go burn 20 bucks in gas and then park it back where it was. And so how did he react when, when you came back and he had to replace the rear tires? He was, like, what were you doing? He was not impressed. <laughs> That's all. Now, how is that translated from, like, the teenage times to now? How does he feel about your your career? Well, things had to become safer and more professional. You need to build trust with people on set. This isn't uh, – it's not a party trick, and, and you're not going to get anywhere if that's the attitude you have. So I became a certified motorcycle instructor, 
started doing things safer. I got to get to work and driving is how I got to do it. So being respectful of the road is is super important. Going to the track is now how to practice skills like 100%. that. 100%. We always talk about that like, you know, on on the show and and you know, in our in our articles and stuff where it's like we were all young once and whatever, but yeah, really like taking it to the track is is the place That's to the be doing to do this it. stuff. When I, you know, we drive some pretty nice cars and some some fast impressive machines and you get people out on the road that are like constantly trying to egg you on and get into you know, a, a drag race. And I'm like, I'm not here for a, for a stunt racing charger to put no. other people's lives in danger just right. to, you know, show off. Like, so yeah, we're, we're big advocates of taking it to the track and doing it in a safe way. Yeah. You got to get that out of your system at a young age and hopefully it stays there. And yeah. Move on. I mean, and you mentioned that like, even with all your experience, you're still doing motorcycle, like refresher courses yeah. every year. Yeah. I think it's very important to show people in the industry that you're actively Improving your skills, honing in on what you love, and you're investing in yourself. So going to race schools is something I do on the on the yearly. So if someone was interested in getting into this career, besides doing all that training, what can they do to get their foot in the door? Uh, having a special skill is crucial. Like I've met so many interesting people in the stunt world from circus people that do gymnastics to people from the military, firefighters. Having some kind of special skills is where you got to start. You got to bring something to the table because otherwise you have to have some kind of asset. Yeah, (laughs) you're just somebody trying to get into the world without any, uh, you You know, anything to show for it, right? It's like, yeah, I guess it's really like any career path, right? It's like, it's one thing to have ambition, but it's like you have to prove why you're the the choice. You're the person to go with. Yeah, so the bicycles was just something. That was the first thing I got brought in for, like I said, so... So out of all the kinds of stunts that you do, do you have like a favorite stunt that just like fuels you? I got killed a few times this year. I mean, that is getting me fueled <laughs> not, up. Not literally. You see, it's so casually. Like, from, I died a few times. This isn't coming from beyond the grave. Yeah. No, I've been shot a few times this year. It's, it's tough. Uh, I get excited for bicycle stuff and uh, motorcycle stuff or anything like that. Because it's, it's exciting. Is there's a lot of you're hitting the ground a lot, so when you have something like into the equation like a set of wheels, is it's exciting for sure. I was um, I was reading a book recently about the Sopranos and the back, you know, kind of the behind the scenes stuff, and and they were talking in it about well executed stunts, and there you know, and when obviously you can do as many takes as as are needed, but sometimes circumstances you know, dictate that it's like, we've got this kind of one opportunity, this small window to get this one done. Does that fuel you? Do, do, do you feel like that pressure and, and kind of thrive on that sort of pressure that it's like, I can't roll this car six times. Like I need to do this once. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there's pressure there and you have to visualize how it's going to happen. And you have to, I think the last thing I did was recently, and it was a one take bicycle gag. And walking the line and making sure there's no debris or what speed you're going to take and where you're going to land and what when you land is it safe and if you're doubling somebody are you going to fall away from camera like there's a lot of small calculations and variables that need to be counted for sometimes when you're just falling it's all about being professional in a world of professionals right (laughs) that's all (laughs) that's it um have there have there been like any really memorable stunts that you were really proud of 
the last one was pretty sweet. I'm, it's not, I'm not talking about it yet, but uh, that one was good. So it'll be in the IMDb soon enough. Um, it's always, it's always something different. It's always a different set. There's always different people. Sometimes you're working with people that you met on your first gig. Sometimes it's the first time you got shot. So one time it's the first time you were on a motorcycle on set. It's always, uh, it's always something. The most memorable was last year, I guess. I worked on an Adam Sandler film. And I did my little stunt. I was doubling a kid on a bicycle. And he came around the corner and just was like, that was cool, dude. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> Didn't know Adam that was cool. Giving you, so, giving you some props. That man. was nice. That's awesome. It's always something different on set. Very, Very cool. cool. Is there like a, a dream stunt that you would like to engineer or like participate in? That would be like a real career highlight for you. I think some like flipping a car would be will be pretty exciting when that comes. Put I'll it out into the universe. Tell That's, everyone right now. When I flip a car, I'll be excited. No, <laughs> Going back to getting shot because this is like really interesting. What is what is what does that mean? Like, are you wearing a bulletproof vest and someone like shoots you? No, not actually. Um, so no. I know nothing about this. Yeah. So, this <laughs> so there's different ways they do it. Sometimes there's you know, it's all CGI. Sometimes there's an actual squib, like a remote-controlled explosive, like blood pack, mm -hmm. that will go off. And then those are the coolest. Yeah, it's like getting shot with a paintball gun. Yeah. It feels like underneath your wardrobe, and that'll blow up. So that looks great, and you feel that. So there's something to react to, aside from like getting shot and somebody yells "bang," and you have to react, which is our job to do that. Either way, if it's if you're squibbed up or not. Cool. Um, so you've had the opportunity to drive a lot of cool stuff. Has anything stuck out to you as being like really cool or really exciting? Mm, the SRT vehicles when I was 16 with my dad were pretty fun and spicy. Um, recently, uh, Jaguar F-Type, our dynamic was a good time. That's a good car. You yeah. were drifting that around a lot, right? Yes, definitely to try it out, you know, make sure it went sideways. It does. Sure. <laughs> can, can confirm. confirm. Uh, nothing like driving a Chevy Sprint, though, you know? This is where I thought you guys would get along really well, because I saw Bikes a video of him drifting a van, oh, yeah, yeah, and I was like, sure. Dan's going to love this. Tell us about that. So that was one of my first vehicles. I still have it. It's still plated. It's still on the road. I still use it to bring my motorcycle to the track with. And uh, that's a 1986 Chevrolet Astro van. Good van. Called it the Allison Wonder Van. <laughs> Because a lady who owned it, his name was Atlas. So that's that. Uh, yeah, it's got almost 300,000 kilometers on it. And that was your first car? My first car I purchased was, well, first vehicle I purchased was a motorcycle. Right. And I rode motorcycles until eventually I bought a Chevy Sprint. That's 1987 awesome. Chevy Sprint. I still have that too. It's not nice. on the road, but it still, it still goes. We just, Jody and I just talked recently about I wish the Astro would come back. Me too. Like I've, it, I've definitely messaged Chevrolet on Instagram before. Yeah, it made so much video. sense. It was perfect. It was like, you know, big without being too big. Yeah. It did everything that you could ask of it. You could sleep in it. You could put a motorcycle in it. Right. The barn door is on the back. You yeah. can drift it around if you, you wanted to. Yeah. That would be a great, that would be honestly a great candidate for an EV, an EV yes. right? Like yes. just this kind of like big-ish, that way they could have a big battery pack in there and yeah. They Anyways. marketed it as a middle van, was their, like, slogan on it. Yeah. Middle oh, instead van. of a minivan, yeah. it was a middle yeah. van. Yeah. It was 
because it was bigger. It wasn't a full size. That's clever. They were great. Yeah. Um, so that was your first car. What do you drive now? What's I'm your daily? The daily is a Chevy. I don't know. Not a Chevy Sprint. It's the Honda Fit. I love That's the a Honda car. Fit. Yeah, five speed. It's great. I love it. Those it's, magic seats are killer. Yeah. So I can fit two bicycles in the back there for fun. And my stunt bag and whatever else. Yeah, that's we we just did an episode about uh, underappreciated cars. I saw, I watched it, and one of them was the Honda Fit. That right. was one that yeah, we still bemoan the death of. It's fun. It's it's great. It's light. It's fuel efficient. So yeah. good. It's just a fun fun car. Yeah. It is really fun because you can drive it like a madman that's and right. not die. It's a go kart. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and so then, what is your dream car? If I was to replace that, like if I were to replace the two vehicles I have on the road, maybe a uh, GTI, Golf, or Golf, Golf R, something fun, still six speed. Um, and then I would get a Metris van, replace the Astro. That's, that, the Metris was on my list of okay. like, oh, that'd be great for bikes. Yeah. That's you know? his dream car. He <laughs> Amazing. Wants, yeah. yeah. I, I just wish that that one we could get a diesel. That would be like a perfect. You would dig a diesel? Oh, I would love it so much. Like a I like Metris the, What about a Sprinter? How do you feel about the Sprinter? Just too big, too big for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Same. That, that's why I thought the Metris is a good size. It's got roof rails on it so you can put a bunch of stuff on top and put your bike inside, sleep in there. Yeah, that's exactly. Those are like the two key components when I look at a vehicle. I'm like, Same. can I sleep in it? Can I fit my bike in it? All right, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the stunt stuff for just a second. I imagine that's like a very high stress situation for you. So how do you keep yourself like calm and centered in those moments where like, you know, you have to deliver? Just be, just got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. You know, I've been, <laughs> been like working towards this and, and these type of things for so many years. I guess maybe I don't get too, uh, I, maybe more calm than an average person in some of these situations, maybe. Do you find that that's, that's something that, you know, you've been able to to kind of, improve on for lack of a better term like compared to your earliest days doing my first stunts? day on set well of course yeah yeah i was nervous I was tell nervous. us about your first day on set my first gig on set was for a coca-cola commercial i was riding a bicycle as a commuter and um, i was going through like a uh, traffic jam and the cars were super tight together and i had to weave through on this super sketchy like 60s schwinn that was all bent out of shape and uh, I had somebody was gonna door me so I had a car door about to open so when I got to set I saw the director and the stunt coordinator they were looking at the car door which was the car that was gonna open up and I was like oh my god that's for me I gotta go there <laughs> I gotta be on for this um, but once I'm in the zone once we're rolling once action happens I'm just laser focused and go and, and go and do my job. So we had to run that so many times because they were picking up the next shot from that happening. Mm. So every take I was running through that and legit had two inches on both sides of my handlebars. The car door was rigged so it only opened a certain distance. So it was gonna go the same for safety. There's like small, small things that they take into calculation. That was happening every time, but that was my first day on set. I didn't know what it was for until I got to wardrobe. I'm like, uh, I'm like, what is this? They're like, it's for Coke. I'm like, Coke what? Coca-Cola. Cool. Cool. All right. And what did the stunt involve? You had to like dodge the door? It was or? like a precision riding move. Just no, like getting doored is like you're, you're like a door opens. Oh, I know. It's happened you. to like, me. <laughs> right. So yeah, that was my job was to be a precision rider, to wow. not hit the door every time it opened. 
I had to react and swerve around it because yeah. it was damn close. Yeah. But yeah, that was my job. That's pretty cool, man. Have you ever had any like close calls or like oh crap moments? I know as a professional, they probably don't happen very often, but. Uh, more so, like oh crap on set? Yeah. Or when you're just horsing around when you were a teenager. When I was younger, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of, I'm really happy to be here. I'm glad I'm still here. Yeah, there's some, there's some spicy moments for sure. Tell us about one. Uh, I don't know. It's just dangerous stuff. Riding on a motorcycle on the street and you're new and you're going faster than you need to be and somebody doesn't stop like they're supposed to and you see yeah. the heavens and you're like, oh. That's why I stopped riding motorcycles. Get off the street. Go to the Scared track. the crap out of me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, an under an underappreciated aspect of it is like you're a like the most vulnerable road user when you're on a motorcycle and it's not you can have all the talent in the world all the yeah. skill in the world but like what other people do can you know just throw all of that out the window in the blink of an eye so yeah. it's always about like thinking perceiving something happening yeah exactly always, you know? yeah yeah very cool very cool uh was there anything you wanted to add before we take a break no, that was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. When I got the email for the show to come on, I was actually on Auto Trader. I told you that. I was looking at a bike. Did cool. you buy it? No, but I might go somewhere after here to trade mine in to look at a potential trade in. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Are you like a, a super user for Auto Trader? Because I bet you're always looking for cool stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm always looking at cars and vehicles. I love I love cars. I love seeing what's out there. Yeah, we do that all the time. We're always on the marketplace think, looking at stuff that I clearly can't afford, but like, ooh, this looks fun. And or then, stuff I have to talk Jody out of. Yeah. Oh, he, what, he, do you, he, what do you think of this like 1973 Porsche? It's it's only 14 grand. Like that, that, that seems like too good to be true, isn't it? I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah. Right? He talks me off the ledge a lot. I'm like, Dan, what do you think of this old BMW? He's like, don't do it. That BMW 2002 you showed me and I'm like, well... It's, it looks like it got like a weekend, like $500 paint special and like all the photos are like really far away. And then like the one under, I'm like, well, it's a red car, the engine base silver and the Trust wiring it. is all original. <laughs> I'm like, I would maybe not get this one. But anyways. It's fun. It's fun to look at cars, right? It's so fun. Yeah, we love it. Um, but thank you so much thank for joining you. us today. Thank you for being a super user of AutoTrader. You betcha. Um, Thanks, and can you tell people where to get in touch if they want to chat with you or see what you're up to? With me? Uh, my website's jdgstunts.com. And then that'll get you a link to Instagram or whatever else I'm putting out into the world. Cool. Well, yeah. thank very you cool. so much. Thank you very much. JD is so calm about stuff. He's like, I got shot, my drift stuff, whatever. Yeah, yeah I got shot, whatever. Yeah. I was so excited about all this, but he's like, it's just every day at the office. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that's just one of those, maybe that's what makes him good at it, I right? So. Is that calm, cool demeanor. Yeah, you know? I think if I think if you were like too anxious of a person in general, you'd just be a disaster. Yeah, you don't want somebody job. excitable behind the wheel of a car doing a stunt. Maybe that's the case. So yeah. it's like, you know, he exemplifies what, what you need. To be a, a stunty. I'd be a terrible stunt person. Because even, I was shooting with Will uh, last week. Yes. And I was, no, I was shooting with Chris. We were shooting camcorder Whoa. footage of the 911 Dakar that I was driving. This just took a weird turn. I know, it is really weird. And we found some dirt roads and it was like very quiet and empty. So I was like drifting it around corners. But we were on speakerphone with each other and he was recording. But I was like, woohoo, yeah! And he was like, no, no, you have to be quiet because I'm, 
recording the audio too, so I had to do it a bunch of extra times. So anyway, I'd be a terrible stunt person. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> um, and before our Ask an Expert segment, here is a message from our good friends at AutoTrader. Save time and money by using AutoTrader, Canada's most trusted place to buy and sell new and used cars. AutoTrader has the most cars and one of the best features is price badging so you can feel more confident that you're getting a good deal. Okay, today's Ask an Expert comes from Richard. Hello, Richard. Hello, what would you recommend I buy as a new car to replace my good old reliable Sentra from 2009 with about 93,000 kilometers? Contrary to my past, I will want to take a few long highway drives from Ottawa to New Brunswick. Thanks. Wow, okay. This is a little tricky. So I would say you need something efficient, probably all-wheel drive if you're going to be doing like wintertime trips. I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily. You don't need it. It's just an added bonus. Um, what about Corolla hybrid all-wheel drive? Yeah, it's tricky because it's like if you're doing a lot of highway driving, not that it's like terribly inefficient, but it's not as efficient driving that thing on the highway as it is in the city. Um, it's also like I don't know whether Richard is looking new or used. Um, new. Oh, brand new? Yeah, he says new car. Okay. Well, but I... But that doesn't... Oh, I assume he's he He's looking meant... for a new car, not like a brand new... That's what I'm saying. Got like, it. I don't... So so I think we should throw it a couple, a couple options, options, right? So uh, in the new category, if you want to kind of tick the box of similarly sized to the Sentra, obviously um, small cars aren't what they used to... You be, used to be in terms of popularity, so the, the segment's not as big, but... Uh, if you want to tick that all-wheel drive box, then the Subaru Impreza might be a good option. There's no more sedan. Uh, it's hatchback only as of 2023, I think. But um, all-wheel drive, small, efficient for what it is. The Crosstrek gives you a physically identical vehicle, but just with a little bit more ground clearance. Um, so if that kind of wintertime... You know, I know those th that drive can be a little bit of a, a harsh one going out to to New Brunswick, um, so yeah, that might be a good one. And then I mean, I guess the same does apply to to used vehicles, uh, the Crosstrek and the Impreza. So if you're looking for a sedan, you could get a used one up to a couple years ago. You could still get an Impreza sedan that would be kind of comparable in size to a Sentra. Um, but then you know, we've talked about it a lot, Honda Fit. I know it's a little smaller, but it's a great car, uh, and that would be a good option as well. And again, that one was discontinued two years ago now. God, yeah, it's uh, it's been a couple of years at least now. But that's another another option to consider. There is a new Sentra. Um, it's not that it's a bad car. It's just probably not on the top of my list for you know recommendations. A Honda yeah. Civic is always a good. It, you know, if you're used to the Sentra and you, you've had a great experience with it, the new one kind of is a lot of the same. Um, it's good. It's just not the one that we would Yeah, I wouldn't rush out to, yeah. yeah. But I, I would say, like, and then, you know, to Jody's point, like, hybrid-wise, so there's the Corolla. There's also the Corolla Cross Hybrid, um, so you can get a crossover that's similarly. It's got the same wheelbase as the... Uh, Corolla sedan, just to give you an idea in terms of size, but obviously it's a little taller, so you get more space. Legroom 
is okay in the back. It's not spectacular, but you know, if you're just doing this as like solo road trips, then that space will be good for, for luggage or all the great craft beer out in New Brunswick. That's I true. just drove to, to Becky and I just drove from, uh, Ontario to Cape Breton and back in, uh, in my golf. So this would, I mean, this episode's going to air, uh, in a little bit. So this would have been like, what is it? Early October, let's say. And, uh, we stopped at a, at a few craft breweries and a few, like a dozen. No, I think we, we, between New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, I want to say I did maybe like a half dozen breweries. Um, but a couple out in New Brunswick, one of them was called Trailway Brewing. That was in, uh, Fredericton. And then there was one in Edmonston and I, it had a French name and I'm not going to even try to pronounce it cause I'm just going to butcher it. Uh, and then there was also one in Moncton called Tire Shack, I think. Cool. Uh, and it was in an old like service station. It was very cool. But anyway, so if you're looking to haul haul some craft beer home in your in your new or new to you car, now you got lots of options. Couple couple recommendations for you. Thank you, Richard, for your question. Uh, our next question comes from Dan Bramner from Oshawa. Good name. Hello, Dan and Jody. I recently found your podcast, and I have to say that you are both doing a fantastic job. Oh, thanks, Dan. Thank you so much. Um, I don't know if I agree with everything you say, but that's why cars are so much fun, because we don't have to agree on everything. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I feel like that's a very level-headed way to, to look at stuff. Yeah. I also appreciate that you, you know, you, you led us with the carrot first. Yeah. That you appreciate our work, but, you know. Um, I thought the podcast where you discussed cars that were going bye-bye was excellent. I've owned a few of the cars that you discussed that were being discontinued. And I have to say that we are definitely losing some really good ones. Most notably for me, and you did discuss it briefly, was the Kia Stinger. I've recently moved on from the Stinger into the world of EVs, but the Stinger was the best do-anything car I've ever owned. Wow. I have two teenage sons, and they easily fit in the back, as did the hockey bag. So from a utilitarian standpoint, it was fantastic because of the hatchback, but I could al also keep up with or past most models of Mustangs and Camaros. And I could do it at a lower price than pretty much any car in that segment. Plus, it was fantastic in the snow. I have since moved on to the Genesis GV60 performance, and that car is also phenomenal, but in a different way. Anyway, all the best to you and your show, and I will be a regular podcast listener going forward. Thank you for doing such a great job. Well, thanks, Dan. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate your willingness to kind of, I, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit on that episode where, you know, the Stinger was a car that that was really kind of new and out there for Kia. So you took a chance on, on Kia that, you know, not a lot of people thought of performance, um, you know, with that brand. So you, you took that chance and now you're doing the same with, with Genesis in buying an EV. Obviously it's a new brand. Uh, it's only what, six or seven years old. And, and that was its first all electric yeah. model. So it's cool that you're willing to, to take some chances, Yeah, take some chances and get, and get into cars that not a lot of people are, are driving. That really, uh, is a testament to, to you and, and, you know, having that kind of, you know, wanting something unique in the driveway. I think that's a great, uh, yeah. 
I think being open to like different types of cars, you know, the, the GV60 and the Stinger are so, so different. Yeah. Um, so it's cool that you're, you're willing to try different things that you're not used to. So yeah, it's, you don't, you know, it's boring when you go, well, I'm replacing <laughs> a sedan with another sedan or an SUV with another SUV. It's like, it's cool that you're, and it's, I'm going to assume that, you know, your, your kids are a little older now. So space isn't as necessary as it was when you had the Stinger. So you can kind of downsize a little bit, but you know, go with something a little more premium. Uh, and that's, you know, great for, for the environment, great on your pocketbook in the long run. I mean, you know, not having to, to pay for gas, especially if you're coming out of a stinger, or if you wanted to replace that with something, that's true. it would be running on premium and that yep. stuff is expensive. So it's like, you're, you've made a, a very wise decision. You sound like a good guy, Dan. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Write into us again. Let us know how you're liking the GV60. We'd love to know more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Dan from Oshawa for your question. If anyone would like to ask Dan or I a question, you can email us at expert at trader.com. But that wraps up episode 40 of wow. On the Road. 40 episodes. I know. Can you believe it? We're just looking forward to 40 more. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. All right, guys. Thank Thanks. you so much for joining us. Drive safe, and we will see you next time. Bye.